What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. You're listening to a Countout Podcast. and welcome to Ring Post Radio, the best show to get all your news and topic and conversations and all that jazz. The place where you get the hot takes. I don't have an intro for the show yet. Um, I'm your host, <laughs> Ryan Nightsey, uh, and with me, as always, is Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you feeling today, bud? I mean, we're waking up on a Saturday morning to record this. Episode's coming out the day of, so uh, people get listening to this as soon as possible. How are you feeling, Scotty? I've never felt better off of anything in wrestling. And that's kind of saying a lot, seeing that I've enjoyed many a wrestling event. I've enjoyed many moments in the past. How long have I liked watching wrestling? 14, 15 years? I've I've seen a lot. And I know I wasn't there for the Attitude Era. I know I wasn't there for, you know, the height of pro wrestling in a sense. But... Last night sure made me feel like I was. And when a wrestler, the magnitude of what happened comes back in any form, it's a big deal. When that wrestler happens to be your, a.k.a. my favorite of all time and is the reason that I even like, is the reason I'm even doing something like this, to say I'm excited, to say I still don't know how to put my emotions into words would be an understatement. Uh, that being said, this is still so surreal to me. I I still have a hard time believing it because after the first All Out, it was when I gave up hope. So the fact that I could sit here and say that CM Punk is back in professional wrestling, I just, I'm so happy. Yeah, no, I, I it's hard it's hard to do an intro for the show right now when it's like that is the we're coming off of quite possibly the biggest modern day moment in wrestling history. I, I think that's I don't think that's uh, hyperbole. I think that is quite possibly no. the moment uh, in modern. I live day and die by that take. That is absolutely correct. It, and, and I and I because I don't I don't even think that's like a hot take. I think it's like that is CM Punk is and became like the embodiment of I don't the the non WWE fan. Right, mm-hmm. and those that fandom only. I feel like we're just gonna get straight into CM Punk. So I feel like we should just. <laughs> I, but do we have an intro plan here to talk about? No, I don't know what I was gonna no. talk about. Video games it's I'm just, playing or something. No, uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Like I can't talk about anything else for like the next hour. And I've already talked about this. I've already written about this. But there's not enough to say. And. There's so much to discuss. It's not just the moment itself. It's 
what was made from last night already, which I thought was great in itself, which, oh, man, it's just so much. And then there's, you know, booking for the future Mm -hmm. and potential matches and promos and moments you want to see. There's It's limitless, as Keith Lee likes to call it. Speaking of Keith Lee, I would like if uh, he made the jump now. <laughs> well, we'll wow. get we'll get to all of that. Obviously, there's a lot to get to with with the news that broke that the, the return of CM Punk last night. Uh, throughout the show, we're going to talk about. Uh, we're also going to talk about New Japan as well later in the show. Uh, talk about resurgence that happened last weekend. If we have time, we'll talk about Impact Emergence. So we're going to talk about a resurgence and emergence. I'm not uh, guarantee anything about those two shows. Yeah, it's more of a how long we're gonna talk about CM Punk here. Uh, you know, so just give our thoughts about like New Japan in general and looking forward to this G1 climax because right around the corner and they're, you know the, the temperature levels I feel like are a little low and a little concerning with how many people aren't going to be in it. So we might get, be able to talk about that. But of course we have to lead off with the AEW Rampage episode number two. With the debut, the long-awaited return in a wrestling ring of Mr. CM Punk, Cookie the first Monster dance. Punk. The first dance, indeed. So let's talk about it. Obviously, like I said, the biggest modern moment in professional wrestling history. I don't think that goes without saying. The man... And it's funny, just you know, right before all of it, you get like the la- the the a couple shots from the WWE side with Roman interviews and Peter Rosenberg being a dingus, um, and then like he was standing up for Punk, which terribly though. Yeah, like, it was. It, I, I don't know. It was, it was so like weird. He was standing up for Punk, but also putting him down at yeah, the same time. Like he was like, yeah, he was on the same level as The Rock, but then he like somehow managed to put him down in the end, which was a Never mind. I don't care. I'm not talking about that man. I'm not talking about Peter Rosenberg. I I just can't. I don't care. But the but you can just ignore all of it, mm-hmm. like you said, because CM Punk, and you know, with the help of some match announcements and whatnot, basically, nope. yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> basically, on aura alone not name because he was never named but on aura alone and the possibility of seeing this seven year long return sold 50 nearly fifteen thousand tickets that's nearly three-fourths a million dollars for this company on his aura alone and we're not talking about these t-shirts that we all saw pictures online with lines around the building um, this man, uh, just on the aura alone, probably made the money, made the company a million dollars. Just, just that. And, and we are already getting to future things. We're already talking, already official, CM Punk, Darby Allen at All Out. We're already talking about, um, future fantasy booking matches. You know, he's talking about like, Hey, if Tony Khan wants me the G1 climax, I'll be there. And it's like, it's like, oh my god, it's like, it, it's it doesn't seem like a huge possibility, but it's like, oh man, he could. Um, no, but I think it's believable you get a CM Punk New Japan match in some style. I think at least one, probably enough for someone. I think like at least himself. one. Um, CM Punk versus, uh, I don't know, Tanahashi. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. 
You, I'm, let, I'm, I'll let you. I'm, I'm I'll let you, you talk. Okay. Because uh, because right. I I have a lot to say, of course, but I know that um, as a, a CM Punk diehard that you are, this uh, meant a lot for you. You know what? You know the craziest part, like the hints and Tony Khan's repeated tweets and everything you know leading up to it, with him not denying anything. It still never, like, I was never 100% confident it was going to happen. I think even on this show last week, you were like, ah! (laughs) Like, it's it's been a tough road. Uh, My best way to sum up, like, why this means so much to me personally is that when he left seven years ago, there was no way to, you know, formally say goodbye or uh, be prepared for something like that. It literally within a day span, at least for me, my favorite wrestler was gone. Done with wrestling. And we didn't see him for seven years. And I, I know he came back to WWE backstage, which... Um, he actually, cr- <laughs> he, which wait, that actually meant a lot because he credited that as getting the bug back. Yeah. He uh, credited Renee Paquette on the media scrum. Mm-hmm. And while that was nowhere close to what I personally needed to see, like CM Punk back in a wrestling capacity, at one point I said, okay, well, you know, I'm getting something. That's, yeah. that's what matters. I'm getting CM Punk talking about wrestling. But that was never enough. And you, you could feel that for a lot of people last night. That and himself. I think the biggest tell was the emotion on his own face. You, The moment I saw him, I was like, okay, this is a moment for him. Like, he feels this. He remembers that this sport, this art, whatever you want to call it, is the most important thing that he it's the reason he's where he is today in life and seeing him seemingly find that love again is awesome because i i the amount of interviews that you know you listen to and he said i just don't miss it i don't love it it's gone for me it was always tough to hear and i have to appreciate and acknowledge that without AEW, this never happens. Like, CM Punk is never coming back to wrestling. I can acknowledge that because he's always said, well, if, you know, money talks. But I don't think that was it with WWE. I think he needed a lot more guarantees than just money to be willing to step back in the ring with them. And the fact that, AEW has been able to prove over the last two years that they are not only a company that can deliver, but a company that cares about professional wrestling. is It's just awesome. And I uh, I'm rambling on. I have so many more thoughts, uh, but I'll finish it off with this before I give it back to you. I was told by those around me that They've never seen me like that visibly like happy just watching something. Like I don't think I stopped smiling for like 
hours. I just could not believe that it happened. And I still, I still can't, as we're sitting here talking on the next morning, uh, literally 12 hours since, like, I think it's been 12 hours since he was cutting his promo in the mm-hmm. middle of the ring in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk, I, I, I sort of said it before that he is the embodiment to me of the non WWE fan. And, you know, him being in WWE, obviously, you know, being in ROH beforehand, he was well-loved. I mean, you can just look up that picture of his, you know, just watch that last match of his in Ring of Honor. Just the um, the love, the admiration, the respect. And he was a heel in that last thing. He lost the title the, the show before as the heel put over the next person. I forget who it was. Uh, and then comes out for the very, very last match, and it's the heel is gone. This isn't CM Punk. This is Phil Brooks that's saying goodbye to Ring of Honor. This is the love that's mm-hmm. playing played. Theme music played th- the the whole way through, then looped back around to actually come out because um, that the crowd was so hot for it. Um, and then going to WWE, um, CM Punk, you know. Treated well for the most part. I mean, at the very beginning, you know, went to ECW, kind of got built up there, became champion, moved over to Raw, you know, did very well for himself, moved to SmackDown, became world champion. You know, he was consistently like there and pushed. And then it all obviously erupted with the pipe bomb, of course. And that obvious, that pipe bomb became the pebble in the water that created all these riptides. You said that, like, you know, without AEW, you know, Punk wouldn't, you know, have probably come back to wrestling at all. AEW wouldn't have existed, probably, without that pipe bomb. You know, that is, in my opinion, the pebble in the water that creates all these ripples. And seven years later, after he goes, has the pipe bomb goes to the supreme high of Money in the Bank, then just goes to a low of Summer of Punk with Kevin Nash and Triple H. And it, You know what's crazy about that, though? He never lost the popularity. That's how no. over he was from that pipe bomb on. Mm-hmm. Like, they gave him shit after shit, but somehow he always some made it uh, chicken salad. Per se, you know the he he his fans never lost hope in him when he was mm. losing hope in wrestling, and mm. it's just um it because it's not just for fans of him to like get that it's not closure you know but it's that re- that yeah. renewal right that that renewal of hope and everything it's like okay the person we still believe in now is back in believing in himself it's not just that it's a man that's believing in professional wrestling once again. It is, for the company, for AEW, a ginormous stamp of approval that this company, not WWE, not New Japan, not Impact, not MLW, not NWA, not yada, 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 not your local indie. It was Could this told company. You some of those. <laughs> yeah. This company was the company that brought the love back into this man this company mm. 
And if you're fans of CM Punk, that is all the, uh, like I said, stamp of approval you need to get on board with this company. Because obviously, if they can bring that back to such what was a very jaded asshole, and I think he would still call himself that, then obviously they're doing something right. They obviously did something right. They sold out the United Center uh, for you know for the capacity they were allowed to have, and they just made great. And they're making great moves. Tony Khan continues to be the just outstanding, an outstanding owner and booker of wrestling. He has the history, the money, the love, and all, and he has gotten the perfect group of people. And is just outstanding what Tony Khan has been able to do, bringing in CM Punk, and now we're heading to All Out with CM Punk versus Darby Allen. I cannot wait. Um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. They added the last megastar. Like, the last megastar to be made. Because if you go back and you look at the top stars in the industry and to me it's very rare i don't think you know roman reigns for all that he does he's never gotten to that level that cm punk is like if roman reigns walked out on aw last night well a lot of (laughs) would have been wild yeah but uh it wouldn't have that same reaction if If john cena however walked out on AEW last night, it gets that type of reaction. There's a That's pop, my and there, there's a pop, and then there's a pop. It's kind of the, for a lot of people, it's the Stone Cold Steve Austin pop. The moment that glass breaks, people lose their freaking mind, and that to me, you know, throughout history involves the likes of a Hulk Hogan, who I, I don't like Hulk Hogan, but you can't deny that he's maybe wrestling's biggest star. Um, you have The Rock, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin. I would say have, I would say Cena and Brock. Yep, you have John Cena, you have Brock because Brock's just a different animal altogether. Mm-hmm. And Brock would get the same similar pop if he showed up on AEW. I think you have CM Punk. I know people are, you know, they probably put some might put Daniel Bryan in that conversation. I think he's just the step below. I agree. Um, I, I agree. I don't think he like. I understand that run to WrestleMania was incredible. I'll never deny that. But he never got to that. He's just a step below with the likes of, um, you know, this countless people. Bret Hart. He's in like more of that case. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. I would uh, agree with that. He's 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 not the 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 pinnacle Mount Rushmore of wrestling icons. And we're not saying that Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Brian Danielson are not wrestling icons, but I, I agree that there is, at least in There's wrestling, step, looking man. back on wrestling history, it does feel like there are these still people ahead mm-hmm. of those guys. And we're not saying that, not taking away, because I think part of it is that... Uh, there's the there's a dose of the difference between like those guys that you kind of talked about are really great wrestlers, while the auras mm. attached yeah. to the Rock, Cena, yeah. Brock, Hogan, Austin, yeah. Punk now is right. is just out of this right. Point. Like, 
I don't I don't know how many you know I don't want to like just do all men's wrestlers so I guess like Becky Lynch would be the closest to anything comparable like if she walked into AEW that would probably rip like she's not I don't have her on the punk level but she is probably on that the Brett Michaels Brian because I don't think we've ever seen someone at that level in the women's atmosphere of the United States you know yeah. I don't think we've ever gotten to that point. So it, for her, it's a very different, you know, thing to look at. But I'm going back to punk. Uh, you give a fan who understands this business a lot of money and the determination to create something special, and you get AEW. That is what Tony Khan is. I, yeah. Tony Khan is one of us. There is no... If you, I I don't know if you saw the promo he had from before the show last night, but like you could tell he was emotional. He didn't have like much to say. He was just like, "This is gonna be a special night." I can't believe it. Like he he couldn't believe it was happening because, again, he's one of us, and I think that's the beautiful part. Uh, for me, you know, you talked about how, you know, if you came away from this not believing in AEW, not believing in the product, then one, I don't think you like professional wrestling. Uh, two, as someone who, you know, has fully jumped into AEW, especially over the past, you know, six months or so with what they're doing, because I feel like they're hitting on all cylinders in the aspect, this is everything for them moving forward. Now, with CM Punk on board, it's believable that they can beat, say, raw numbers. They like I I think that's what we're having, and I he's not CM Punk is not the last edition here. No, like there are there are more signings to come, including the man we just talked about a few minutes ago. There are more signings coming, and and apparently someone else. There's a a third big acquisition. I've I've heard some rumors on that um, from someone that knows some people, but I'm not going to say it. You're, you, you're not allowed to say. No, no, no. Um, Dang it. We could have gotten hot. We could have gotten hot news. They're kind of big ones. <laughs> uh, anyway. can, can I know off air? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, going, but I'll, 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 stay, I'll say this, then I'll give it back to you. You don't have to like CM Punk. You don't have to, you can dislike CM Punk for all I care. But if you watched that moment, that entrance last night, and you didn't feel that, you didn't get excited for that, that I don't think you like professional wrestling. Because that, at its heart, is what this all is about. Yeah, professional wrestling, I tweeted about it last night, because I, or, you know, I quote tweeted it, because I, yeah, I took the idea of someone and went on, on top of it. Um you know, the announcement of, you know, with CM Punk coming back, someone tweeted that it doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every year. Wrestling fans wait literal lifetimes. I think that that's, to me, obviously what professional wrestling is because the difference between wrestling and normal television is that you can binge normal television. You can mm-hmm. watch it week to week and then for 12 right. weeks and you're like, okay, that's it. I'm moving on with the rest of my life. With wrestling, all of this is happening in real time. And so mm-hmm. you have to go through it. To get this reaction, we had to watch the pipe bomb, 
watch the outcome of what happened, still being over the long ass reign of of WWE Championship, the just the the shit shitting of CM Punk following that, his his leaving, uh, the podcast, the trials, the everything around that, uh, all the WWE backstage return, all of that had we had to be a part of it to get to this moment, mm-hmm. this moment, and this is what. As you said, wrestling fandom is made for, and this is what it is. This is professional wrestling, and that is undoubtedly, like we said at this top, the biggest modern-day professional wrestling moment of of all time. I, I think I'm not afraid in saying that. Um, this is the biggest moment in my life like that I've ever seen live, and it's not even close. Yeah. Like no, nothing's cl- nothing even comes close. I've seen Daniel Bryan win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. That's a huge moment. I've seen Kofi Kingston win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. That's a huge moment. I've seen The Rock return after how many years to WWE? Um, in two thousand was that two thousand eleven as well? Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, twenty twelve maybe. No, it was two thousand eleven because uh, that was the year of punk because they were building for once in a lifetime yet yeah whatever (laughs) i've seen moments like that and those all three of those massive i've seen brock lesnar return to wwe massive nothing touched this and it's because the setting was perfect the arena was perfect the stage was perfect for some reason 10 p.m on a friday night just felt right i don't know why just felt right and i liked your idea that you know you had to go through the pipe bomb to even step back you had to go through that ring of honor run um like there are moments in this guy's career where he has just connected with the fans more than anyone else and my last like idea of why this is so special is because you can't get this in any other sport art hobby you can't get this this man has been gone for seven years and yet for seven years while he hasn't touched professional wrestling we have heard the chance of cm punk mm-hmm. non-stop oh yeah you're you're not going to go and watch the new england patriots and the moment Tom Brady leaves, you're not going to hear the crowd chanting Tom Brady for the next seven years be- while he's gone. That's not how anything else works. <laughs> Once someone's gone, people move on. Yeah, Professional wrestling doesn't move on. They never give up hope. And don't get me wrong, sometimes the CM Punk chants were just to get back at WWE. But at the same time, there are many people out there that never lost hope. And I said earlier, you know, at once the first all out came and gone, he didn't show up. I started to finally be like, okay, this, you know, this might never actually happen because this felt like the moment. But I know you, I know me, I know probably a lot of other people still had, you know, that 5% chance that deep down that, you know what, maybe, maybe someday this guy will, you know, walk through the door somewhere and just change everything and that's what we've gotten yeah i'm supremely jealous of uh lauren and michael 
guys from uh, Count Out as well, because they were both there in attendance. And it's, you know, uh, I just I cannot believe what they probably went through, because they probably were losing their goddamn gourds. <laughs> I, I was building. so... I've never been more tempted in my life to just send it to Chicago. Uh, because I was like, I want to be there so bad. I just couldn't. I almost want to do it for All Out, but I can't for that either. So I'm just going to watch at home, which is perfectly fine for me as well. You know, we have a lot of special nights still ahead. Yeah. That's the crazy part. Like, this is just the beginning. We have Dynamite on Wednesday. The we have 100th episode of Dynamite, may I add. Yeah. Which will be the Dynamite debut of CM Punk. How about that? Full well, circle. Full circle. We have All Out, which is his first match back. And he is going against an up and coming star. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't need to go against you know John Moxley. While that would have been great because John Moxley is a far different version. He even CM Punk even said, "I've never wrestled John Moxley." That's the beauty of it. Like he's never wrestled the true form of who mm, uh, Moxley is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so much to get into here. But well, let's let's talk but, about that future. Yeah. Then. Let's talk about that future. Yeah. Obviously, uh, there's a media scrum afterwards. Punk and Tony Khan, uh, who were both on it, I think it was like an hour and a half media scrum or an hour of media scrum. Uh, they, Punk and Tony Khan don't reveal how long the contract is. Basically, he's not a part timer. He's not on a short term thing. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be here for a while. We don't know how long that while is, but let's assume a year, at least a year or two. You know, maybe obviously, maybe longer. I'm thinking two, probably two or three. Yeah, knowing Punk, he's probably like on the shorter end still, like yeah. for a two year, two year lease. Just go. He's like, right. oh, let's see how this goes. Um, and we're talking about the future as well. Darby Allen, uh, on that media scrum, Punk says that Darby's uh, Darby as his first opponent was Tony's idea. Um, he had a, Punk had a list of guys that he wanted to work with. Darby was one of them. Um, thinks that he even said thinks that if Punk was a kid, uh, Darby would be his favorite wrestler. Um, so just the future is abound us. Who do you, who do you think's on that list for CM Punk? That who do you obviously who do we want to be on that list? But who do you think CM Punk uh, wants to work with? Who, what future matches do you think we're gonna get? Well, there's the big ones, and then there's the ones that he's hinted at already, which are kind of a little shocking, but at the same time, what he wants to do is help the youth. Um, he said Jungle Boy. He said Powerhouse Hobbs, which I thought was a... Yeah. I, love you're, I love that. I love that If you're one. Hobbs, you got to be like, wow. <laughs> I'm, wow. Excuse me? Like, turn your head like, like what? That's amazing. Uh, Jungle Boy makes a lot of sense because uh, CM Punk being the jerk there, um, you know, I think that's, you know, a year down the road, though, because yeah. there's no one booing CM Punk for the next year. That's just not happening. Yeah. Um, that uh, MJF probably would make a lot of sense. Um, just however, the promo battles I will, there. I, I will tell everyone now, that is when you guys watch uh, MJF flounder as a promo guy, because I don't think he uh, – I think MJF can be a great promo when he's, you know, not just tossing insults at someone and is, is being serious. But guys, this is this is CM Punk. Like this is why he is here. This is why he's so popular. I think Punk uh, is the guy that can hopefully. I think Chris Jericho did it a little bit, but I think Chris Jericho yeah. has too many Chris Jericho isms. 
uh, mm-hmm. that I think MJF took on that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. I think Punk is a guy that can help elevate MJF's promo skills even more. There's very few punkisms. Like yes, everything he says is usually fresh. Um, looking at like who he might want to work with and who I want him to work with, uh, Eddie Kingston instantly comes to mind because those are two guys that you know have the gift of gab and would just go at each other in every way. And then. Without getting into everyone right off the bat, I, I'm pulling up. I'm one, pulling up the roster page. <laughs> there's one obvious choice that everyone's going to pick for, really anyone that steps in the AEW atmosphere. But I think especially CM Punk, the man that calls himself the best in the world, and that Luther, of course, exactly. I'm don't honest. ever say <laughs> don't ever say that again. That is Kenny Omega. I think the <laughs> ideas they are endless you have best in the world versus best in the world whatever you want to call kenny um best bout machine whatever um and then he also even said the young bucks who you know if you've ever known or heard cm punk they've actually they're actually good friends and he's never got to work them so that should be exciting as well i'm just looking at the roster page now and i'm just all of them i'm just gonna gonna (laughs) quick quick hit you with some some picks that i that i'm i'm interested in and i just want to gauge your thoughts on real real quick mm-hmm. if you don't mind mm-hmm. uh yes. uh andrade i mean that could depending on how punk looks in the ring that could be good for that aspect but like what is he, he's just going to destroy him promo wise yeah <laughs> yeah because that, that's also the problem with not really the problem with punk but oh i know a great one the, well, you're gonna get through to it so i'm very excited for that the thing about Punk, obviously, is that we all want to see him talk more than anything else. And that, mm-hmm. honestly, that could that be a detriment? You know, to be a little nitpicky a little bit and look at that crit- critical eye? Maybe. I-, I think the fact that, and I think that's why so many people were like, oh, I'd love to see a tag team match between, uh, to be, or be with uh, Brian Danielson and CM Punk, because Danielson might be able to pick up on some of the wrestling skills yeah. that Punk doesn't really have, and Punk can just be the talker even though brian can talk too uh punk can be the talk well punk can wrestle too like that's the whole thing like they just tucker what do you do they 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 do cat run in oh no (laughs) got a cat run in they they do what each other do like better so like punk's better at the promo but he's still good at wrestling brian's great at the wrestling but he's still good at the promo like so that works really well uh yeah, I'll keep. I'll let you keep going. Uh, Adam Page. Obviously, oh, yeah. I think that's a money match. I think that's yeah. a money match. I think that is a money match. I I think that's um, you know, we're obviously going to get this CM Punk Omega match. The question is whether or not that be for the title. And if that is for the title, then it almost feels like Omega has to win because we want to do the Omega Page stuff. But then it's like, well, then Page should win. And then we get a Page Omega, a Page Punk match. That could be a lot of fun. I think it's important not to blow these matches early, which I don't think Tony Khan will do. I don't think he has any. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't like to blow through matches. That's why we see uh, no all women's wrestlers on dark wrestling uh, nightmare factory trainees like th- hey, there's a Rekka reason Tahaka is pretty good i really yeah, like Rekka Rekka Tahaka. but like <laughs> that's but like that's why we don't get these huge matches all the time it's because yeah. 
he wants to save them, especially when it's the tip top stars. Exactly. But man, him versus Hangman would be really good because I think playing off the baby face that Hangman is, Punk could probably, you know, be a heel in that and just absolutely get nuclear heat because he's that good at that. Yeah, that's Adam Page versus Punk is the moment where you turn. You have at yeah. some point that match happens when Punk is heel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Angels would just be a fun match so that Alan Angels can kick out of a move and Twitter can go explode. <laughs> um, there's something about Brian Cage that interests me for some reason. Um, it surely isn't the promo. It's not the promo, but there's something about that I don't know why that interests me. A uh, Pillman is someone that Punk uh, mentioned previously. Yes, he did. Which would uh, also be a tag team with him and J- G- Griff Garrison. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, more evidence of a possible tag team with with eventually with Punk with someone else. Who be, if it's not Brian Danielson? Who do you think would be a good tag team partner for CM Punk? <laughs> the obvious pick would be Colt Cabana, but that is unknown what is happening there yeah i don't know i mean i think we'll get to the day where they are teaming and it's gonna be amazing because like you you do that you do that tag team match like first week uh, first day in chicago or something like you have to do that in chicago because i don't think it gets as over with anywhere else because of Cole cabana of course that's Uh, that, that tag team is one of those things of uh if they can put it all aside or if they can bury the hatchets um that's that's a money tag team. It's a money tag team. Right. right. But you were saying. Uh, I keep going back to Eddie Kingston. I don't know why, but like Eddie Kingston's relationship with John Moxley has been one of my favorite things on AEW television. And I think there's something about him where he's just, you know, the guy who's ready to go into a fight with anyone. It's pretty awesome. So you can make that work. Um He'll probably t- team with like a hangman page someday, you know. Like I feel like you know maybe against the elite or something that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know because CM Punk isn't a tag team wrestler. He has one tag team title in his life, and it's with Kofi. Well, in his WWE life, um, his other his other life in Ring of Honor is with Cole Cabana. Yeah. So his other his WWE tag team uh, win is with. Kofi Kingston. So I just want to point out the entire straight edge societies in AEW. This is true. This is true. That don't oh, I love the straight edge society. This is that, true. That shit's amazing. Um oh, there's something about crazy. Frankie Kazarian and CM Punk that could work. That really gets my goads. That there's I, I think those those guys are very similar, at least character wise. Yeah, yeah. Um Except no one cares about Frankie Kazarian, and everyone cares about CM Punk. That's yes, true. I agree. What are, what are your thoughts on CM Punk, Joey Janela? Please don't. Do <laughs> oh no! Please don't do that to me. I just like that because Joey Janela got scared of fighting Enzo Amore. We don't need to talk about Joey Janela. I think I think Joey Janela in this promotion. I'm, I'm worried about him. It makes no sense. I'm worried about <laughs> the future of Joey Janela's promotion. He's a guy that works because of the atmosphere of the promotion, but it's also like, I don't know what, what's happening with you, bud. Um, what's another good name in here that's very interesting? We're talking about the future. Can you see? I have one in my mind if you want me to say it. Um, I'm just looking real quick. Obviously, MJF. We're talking maybe Lee Johnson. That could be a fun my, little. My head is match. buzzing. Let me say it. <laughs> uh, okay, go right ahead. Pack. Yeah, I just got to pack. Everything about that feud 
screams money to me because pack is like if you combine a say cm punk and daniel bryan because he's got the wrestling he's got the promo he's not the best at one and the best at the other but he's great at both and the bastard versus the best sounds like a money feud um you know pack can easily be the heel for that that no problem whatsoever um i just think of you know the build to his match with kenny which was so instant but it worked um that was a great feud and you know believe it or not they've both been in wwe they never crossed paths there so you think about it i think i think obviously orange cassidy would eventually happen to i think in malachi the- black yeah, I think Orange Cassidy Punk is a money match in the AEW universe. Mm-hmm. Malachi Black would be to, interesting. People used to compare Aleister Black to being like the next version of CM Punk in WWE. And I was like, well, first of all, that's like not a thing. That's uh, weird. You're literally just saying because he has tattoos. That's yeah, fine. That's weird. Uh, that being said, I think they're both so creative that that could work really well too. Penta and Phoenix would be very interesting. Oh, yeah. That's the. I... CM Punk and Penta, just because of the charisma alone, would be, like, absurd. I, I don't know if CM Punk could keep up with Phoenix, just because, like, no one can keep up with Phoenix, let alone someone that just came back. But, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I feel like we have to say Cody Rhodes. Yeah. The, there's, you know, the history of being the two guys that said, you know what, I'm leaving WWE, and... They're both fan favorites. Like that, that's something. What if that's the tag team? I could see that. I could definitely see that. Well, like just for a one off, I don't think they're going to like go chase tag team titles anytime soon. But yeah, that could work. That could work. Only other name I saw on here. I think there's obviously like Sammy Guevara and some other guys that are on here. Like Sammy Guevara. CM Punk versus the Butcher would be great. I just something about that is great. Wardlow, maybe. Uh, Ricky Starks would be a match I really want to watch. He said that one. Oh, did he? he Perfect. That one. Yes. Oh, I, I want to see that one too. Um, yeah, no, I think there's just a lot of future possibilities for CM Punk and AEW. And I think, you know, on a whole, this is just, we talk about a great business move on Tony Khan's part uh, and just the future of this business. Do you think the rest of Rampage, obviously a butt ton of people tuned in to watch the show. We don't have the ratings out, obviously, yet. They're not going to come out until Monday. But do you think that... Um, the people that watched Punk's debut, that tuned into AEW, they returned to AEW, they tuned in for the first time and watched Punk return. Do you think those people not only stayed to watch the rest of the show, but do you think, how many of these people do you think, what percentage of these people, I should say, uh, enjoyed it afterwards? Because I saw some people online being like, oh, and then they went back to their AEW BS. And, or it's like, oh, I don't, we can be a fan of everything. And it's like all this stuff. I, I made the joke that, like, oh, other things happened on the show. But, like, the tag team match was really good, I yeah. thought, for what it was. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't long, but I thought, you know, Private Party, who is a team that had a lot of buzz when Dynamite started, they showed why they are very good in our future, you know, tag team champions for this company. And then there's Jurassic Express. Like, having someone as popular as them go out there right after punk i thought was really smart uh if you enjoy wrestling you would have enjoyed that match then there was jade cargill versus kiara hogan and i feel like 
Jade Cargill someone that like if you turn the TV on and you see her, you're like, what am I watching here? Because yeah, like who is that? <laughs> she is a star. Like definition of and she might not be great at wrestling yet, but she's an absolute star. And then the main event has John Moxley in it. Like that's someone people know that probably tuned in. So do I think people just stayed around the whole time? I think the majority probably did, but there were definitely probably a couple thousands that probably dropped out. And that's not a shot at anyone else. It's just, it was all about punk. Yeah. I think, uh, AW made the great play in putting jungle boy and Luchasaurus versus private party. Um, mm. as that, as that first match afterwards, because if you stay stuck around and want to watch some cool, um, tag team action, uh, cause I think it's also that match is in a lot of ways, what the embodiment of the ethos of the promotion is. So it's like, if you want to see what right. our promotion's about, it's this tag team wrestling four hot young stars in the making. Uh, with, I do with, so these guys in the background and they're all fighting for the, t- you know, the titles. Yeah. I do wonder if you have Moxley come out immediately. Does that keep more people around? Because Moxley is a name enough to the point that maybe those who know him that were just tuning in for Punk stick around for that too. But it's a huge spot for those four, the tag team, uh, because I think that's great. And Jungle Boy, you know, I know you have your gripes with him, which are all reasonable gripes. Like, you know, he's not getting the big win whatsoever. Uh, Like, those are reasonable gripes to build a star. But this dude is over. Like, he's so over, and it's always incredible to me. Like, how if you put, like, the entire roster on a show, he's going to get one of the top ten loudest pops, which is impressive with a roster that includes Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Thunder Rosa. uh, Thunder Rosa, who gets amazing pops. Britt Baker, who gets amazing pops. And, you know, now CM Punk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think... I feel like John putting John Moxley in the main event Ooh, is like one of those moves that it's like yeah. stick around for the main event and try to stay, try to keep people. That's on a for money the match term. too, by the way. What that's is? a money match. Britt Baker Moxley. versus uh... yeah, Britt Baker versus CM Punk because that's the first thing he said on the promo. I love uh, that, no. by the way. I just want to say yeah. real quick. I love that the first he thing he says over. is he putting putting someone else over yeah. and comparing his his pop to a Britt Baker, being like, "Oh, we're the same." That in a yeah. way, in a way, the first thing he does is correlate himself to the women's champion and be like, "We're the same." Thank you. Right. You prove that we're the same. Yeah, yeah. which I, I think elevates her and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you: Daniel Bryan walks in at Grand Slam. How long do you hold off on those two wrestling? Uh, on which two? CM Punk and Bryan Danielson. Yes. Yes. Um. I think double or nothing or all out. I think they eventually wrestle. Yeah. Uh, The question is... I just know they won't be able to hold it in that long. The question is, um, one, how long Punk is actually there, and I have no idea. But I think the point of that is I'm supposed to enjoy enjoy it while he's here. Um, But part of that is because there are other matches I would prefer to see punk and brian danielson wrestling other guys to wrestle than each other i think they're gonna tag sooner than anything 
Yes, I I, I can see them do, being a tag team sooner give, than anything. Give else. me CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Sorry, Brian Danielson against the Young Bucks yesterday. Yep. Give it to me. Give like because when you try to think of like who the hell is going to team with CM Punk against the Young Bucks because that's a match he wants. He makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean they they teamed against the Shield. Yeah, for example, so we do that. We can put Danielson and Punk versus the Lucha Bros. Them versus Varsity Blondes. Oh well, it's not the same. But well, I know it's not the same. <laughs> I know what you but mean though. That is the big thing though. For Punk, Punk wants to work with Pillman. Pillman. Punk wants to work with Pillman, and you know Brian Danielson wants to get in there with like the Varsity Blondes and like get. You know Brian Danielson is the kind of guy that wants to get in with all the young talent and wrestle them. Like Brian Danielson will be the guy that's like, put me in there with Preston Vance. Like I want to wrestle you know, that guy. You know what's funny about Daniel uh, Brian Danielson is that the reason he's going to AEW isn't mostly for AEW. it's mostly for the relationship they have with new japan <laughs> like that's that's his big reason for going there it's the american promotion that allows him to work in japan. yeah like that's the whole thing like he wants to work with more new japan wrestlers than anyone else uh, i know Meltzer said that one of the biggest things for brian you know moving forward is he wants that match with will osprey of all people. Hey, I mean, me and too. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already like freaking out at the hidden blade thing, but that's fine. I can't um, wait. I can't wait, dude. <laughs> I can't wait to die in my chair as Daniel Ryan is knocked out cold. <laughs> hidden blade. But yeah, that's, I understand why that's one of the matches that he would want so much because, you know, uh, you take the outside part of Osprey out of it altogether and he is one of the best. Uh, should we just do final thoughts on CM Punk? We've hit we're six minutes from an hour. No, I was, yeah, I, was, I mean, I was thinking about it because I I don't know what else there to say about CM Punk for me. It, no, it, we still have a. Do you think uh, Voice of Wrestling tweeted this out? Um, uh, they said that uh, I believe this was Joe Lanza. Probably they said that. Uh, you always tell. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Tony Khan saved American wrestling. Uh, do you think that's correct? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think I don't know if professional wrestling has a role in the next 15 years in the United States as prominently as it has for the past 15, 20, 25 years without AEW because WWE is going down a road of where we are this content creating company mm -hmm. that has professional wrestling. Yeah, and without live sports content, without a professional wrestling company that is on television week in and week out and making people talk, I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't think U.S. wrestling is the same in fifteen years. But now it has as bright a future as it's had in a long time. Yeah, it almost feels like AEW and Tony Khan have picked up the flag that has been laid on the ground for like 15 years. Um, and which... I don't, I don't want to say like wrestling died in the United States when WCW went out of business. I don't think it did. No. WWE had a lot of good years thereafter, but they clearly have shifted yes. towards a different mindset. And, you know, it's a mindset that makes money. We have to take that into account. I can't get mad at that. If you want to go make money, hey, 
that's what you're supposed to do. You're a business. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> this, is, this is capitalism, baby. You're going right. to go out there and make the most money as possible. Right. You know, the core ask, the core tenet of professional wrestling yeah. is go out there and make money. Absolutely. Yeah. It just. It's. It, it's. I, it, it is like the the flag bearing of American wrestling is now in AEW's hand, in my opinion. I, I think he Tony Khan has saved American wrestling, uh, mm. and obviously, like there's the, a lot of things that came together. The Young Bucks, Omega Punk, all this stuff has come together. But you know what's the perfect example is the Forbidden Door. Like no other company has ever been willing to work with every other promotion in the world that's not WWE, and I think that has a lot to do with why he's helping save wrestling and not just uh, working together but like very like well, well, what we know in front of and behind the scenes politically like very working great together yeah. like it looks it seems yeah. like everyone's having a great time everyone's making mm-hmm. money um, and making easy deals too like i know the latest story was like they wanted to do moxley and tanahashi at all out but New Japan was like, well, we need Tanahashi not one not to lose the match, um, so we have to, and we need him back for the G one. So you know, Tony Khan was probably like, that's fine, I and get al- it. And also, we need the, <laughs> another, we need a bigger belt over in, right. uh, in our promotion. We got, we got to run with this belt, and we got to run away for a bit. Sorry, yeah. which is totally understandable. Um, I think yeah. it, it's a lot to juggle, you know, working with other promotions, but at the same time, it's clearly working out. Seeing that. One AEW signed wrestlers, Impact World Champion. Uh, one was New Japan Champion, mm-hmm. the, the U.S. title. Like there is a lot going well here. So I, I like that take that uh, they've saved American wrestling. I know that sounds like a ridiculously like major take, but it's absolutely no, true. I don't. I don't think it's a major take at all. I, I think it is. You know, one well, when, for we, like regular people, yeah, they probably were fair. like, "What AEW save wrestling?" Yeah, because because the obvious <laughs> backlash is like, "But WWE's still there." But I think you're right. It's just, it's just WWE has just become a content creation machine that they happen. Their their live sports content happens to be pro wrestling. It, you yeah. know, it, it if it could be anything else, and they would be okay with that. And it they are trying to make it be anything else, doing all these like. Oh, you know, Miz and Mrs. and all this other content. And again, it's money, and we all understand that. Doing that. But then they're Works doing that the too. Um, and it's money at the end of the day. We all understand that part. Because, yeah. But it's th- just become, for lack of a better term, a factory. It's just become a warehouse that just, you know, you go in, you do some roles, get some money, get paid, go out, and they'll make a billion dollars off of it. And there's no. It because and that's and I think that's the thing about WWE is that, and this is my big take about WWE in the world of professional wrestling, they have taken themselves out of the equation on mm. purpose, and to me because of that they don't matter, they just don't matter anymore. And I and that and as a former WWE fan and all this stuff that obviously that's the first thing we all watch. To me, it's just like they just. They can do all these things, like Cena comes back, and that's cool, and then he'll probably lose at SummerSlam, he'll lose tonight, and it's just like, cool, nothing mattered, who cares? Let I'm excited about all these other things that are happening. AEW, New Japan, MLW, Impact, NWA is sketchy, 
Uh, <laughs> you know, AAA is. I watch AAA. All these indies happening. It's just so many other better things happening that, mm. to me, as as a WWE watcher, it just any anything I watch there, it just doesn't matter. Nothing matters there, and it's like, and they know it because that's their business model. It does. It doesn't matter. Just make as much money as possible. Yeah. So why should it matter to me? And for AEW, I hate to do the comparisons, but they make wrestling matter. And as a fan, because they love it, it makes me love it even more. And I think that goes with any other promotion. Yeah. Uh, speaking about other promotions, yeah. uh, let's talk about New Japan. Why don't we? Why Wait, don't we I want. I had one question for you before we move on. Sure. One last question. Does CM Punk appear in Ring of Honor? One more time. No, I, I according to that media scrum, like Punk is saying that he's like an AEW guy, so he'll mm-hmm. do things if Con, Tony Khan wants him to do it. I think he will do. I think he'll get one more appearance there. If he could, if if the setting is right, that's the question. Is they keep saying they want to open the fucking door, just open the goddamn door. Yeah, God. I'm surprised they haven't done a Ring of Honor yet. Um. The problem is, is that if they did, who would Punk wrestle? And that, that, to me, that's the big thing. Is like I don't. Who's the most interesting draw there? Roosh. No, I don't want to. I don't want to see that. That's much. my thing. Like I don't. I just the idea of him being in a Ring of Honor ring one more time. I think. I, I mean, I guess he has to wrestle. But. It, it depends on how they use CM Punk, and I almost feel like he using Christian as a forbidden door to impact is very interesting. And then also using CM Punk as a forbidden door to ring of honor. It could be very interesting. And then having Ric Flair be the forbidden door in MWA. And then like Danny Limelight's the forbidden door to MLW. <laughs> uh, Danny Limelight's gone from AEW altogether. I know. Cause I think he signed with MLW. Yeah. Which is great for uh, him. AEW. Yeah. Look at the things that AEW can do. Uh, yeah. But I like the idea I, of like maybe using these legends, loaning them out to like eight to Ring of Honor and helping them out. Brian Danielson going to New Japan and you know doing these sort of things and cycling more, out guys like cycling out Moxley and putting in Danielson, cycling out Omega yeah. putting in Christian. I think it, it works. I think it works in but, my opinion. I think it's more possible you see like them run Punk versus Danielson in Ring of Honor, not AEW. AEW will do that match first, but you know maybe somewhere down the line at like an anniversary show. Uh, there comes together where like all these old Ring of Honor wrestlers just go there. You know, who knows? By then, maybe Samoa Joe can go there <laughs> because we we'll, we never know what happens. Uh, but yeah, let, we can move on now. Um, I'm just very excited, very excited about everything that has to do with CM Punk AEW. It's a wonderful time. Yeah, it is certainly a wonderful time. I I'm very excited uh, for just the future, just the future of Punk and AEW. I think that's very much strong here uh, in our in our takes here. But um, let's move on. Let's talk about New Japan a little bit. Uh, we got some more time. Let's talk about New Japan a little bit. Uh, last weekend they had their resurgence show. It was the uh, big show uh, in the states for New Japan. Uh, the big show, Paul White. Uh, yeah, the big show's there. Uh, well, nice. this is the res- New Japan. Um, they oh, had man. it at the Torch at the LA Memorial Coliseum. A bunch of matches there. Obviously, these are cold ass takes. So, why don't we just run through the card and we can just give some cold ass takes here, Scotty? Sounds good. Uh, first match of the night was, of course, Alex Coughlin versus Carl Fredericks. Um, I, I think this is a very solid match. I think that, you know, the, the, your classic New Japan opener, 
of having these like kind of younger guys go out there and beat each other up. Uh, and then obviously Carl Frenchick's getting the win here. Uh, I, th- I thought it was very solid. I don't really have like huge takes, but what do you think? It was a match that happened. Uh, I think Alex Coughlin's really good. That was my biggest takeaway from it. I, I really think, liked Alex Coughlin. I really liked Alex Coughlin. I think he has a very bright future. You know, when the LA Dojo is able to do New Japan stuff, like <laughs> go to Japan, like I think he's definitely someone that can be a star for them. I agree. I, I, I understand the appeal of Carl Fredericks, but I've always been a bigger guy of Alex Coughlin. I like Clark Connors, too. I love I love me some Clark Connors, some white, ron, some white rhino. Uh, Clark. Speaking of Clark Connors, six-man tag team match. Clark Connors, Ren Narita, and TJP defeat the team of Fred Rosser. No, Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser. I love that they he has like that on his screen, his title card, Mr. No Days Off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Rosser, Rocky Romero, and Wheeler Yuta. Um, thoughts on this match, if you have any. It's okay if we don't. I mean, these are cold-ass takes, like I said. Red Narita's really good. Uh, he's going to be really good. Uh, like I said, Clark Connors, I like him a lot. I like watching him go at it. I think he's one of the better L.A. Dojo uh, guys. Mm-hmm. And Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. Making, making moves. Making I, moves, baby. It sure feels like he's signed with the AEW because they've put him in a faction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I do let, like that they are letting him do these New Japan shows too because I think the uh, I won't say the sky's the limit for him, but he's going to be a big player moving forward. I think it's really funny to me watching Wheeler Yuta pop up everywhere because it's like with you get the news about like yeah WWE passed on this guy and it's just like you see him everywhere else doing a great job. I thought this match was pretty good. Uh, it's just like man, you know, I, I can't believe you passed on this kind of guy. Uh, but yeah, I thought, like you said, I think Clark Connors is great. To me, I really enjoy watching Clark Connors. I mm. There's just something about him. He is almost like, I mean, it's partly the hair, but he's almost like a mini Adam Page. I thought he was Hangman Page about three times watching the show. I was like, what? Why is he here? And I was like, oh, that's not him. Um, I, I lo- The spear is great. The spear is amazing. I think Clark Connors has everything... Shibata is just doing a great job, man. <laughs> it's almost like Shibata knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I have all the faith in Shibata. Thought. Oh uh, yeah, I bet a lot of people do. And you know, if he ever somehow you know can connect all the dots and somehow step in that ring one more time, the world will explode once again in a good way. <laughs> I would agree. Ten uh, man tag team match: Adrian Quest, Chris Dickinson, Fred Yehai, Leo Rush, and the uh, newly minted uh, uh, non Young Lion. What do we call them? Just normal people? <laughs> what do you I call a not- person that's not a Young Lion? <laughs> I have no idea because now he's a legend. He's a, as I like to call it, he's now La Dojo. La Dojo. I have Yuya Uemura, by the way. We never said his name. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Yuya Uemura, uh, defeat the team with Yuya getting the team pinfall filthy. here. Team Filthy, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, J.R. Kratos, Royce Isaac, Tom Lawler. This match was really good. I really enjoyed mm. it. Um, I, I really liked having this match on because, of course, you could have done the 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 uh, Tom Lawler strong title defense, which I think could have been fun, but, you know, we didn't do yeah. it. I think but we could have both. I like this match a lot because it was, you know, maybe barring Yuya, uh, a little bit 
It okay. was well, no, it was a match made up of people that have just showed up in the promotion mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The, not only would strong and well, maybe strong would exist, but would any of these guys be part of this promotion? Maybe I don't know, but like these are it's made up a 10 man tag of people that just showed up because the pandemic was available to them strong was available to them they needed local talent and all these guys were able to show up and they just got picked up more and more people i love team filthy the the aura of team filthy i'm a big aura guy i don't know if you can tell Uh, the aura of team filthy is great tom lawler i love i want i want to know where his theme music is i've been scouring the globe for it (laughs) it's so good J.R. Kratos is great. He's been a great part of uh, NJPW Strong. I like the team of Isaacs and Nelson. And just the other side, Leo Rush. Can we talk about Leo Rush real quick? That's who I've been wanting to talk about this whole time. I don't want this man to ever retire. And I know he's, you know, by all accounts, he's still retiring when he fills out these dates. Yeah. But you said how, like, these guys ended up in New Japan because of the pandemic. To me, Leo Rush is a guy, if he's willing to go to Japan, or if he was, uh, he was definitely a guy that made a lot of sense for their junior division. He's so good. He's just so good, and I feel like a lot of people give him ridiculous flack for his time in WWE, and I've never understood why people dislike him, because few people can move at the speed he does doing what he does. Um He's shown that he can, you know, if you need promo work, he can do that too. I was so excited when he debuted in AEW, and I know a lot of people were like, wow, what a what a lame Joker card. And I was like, no, like that yeah. was a perfect Joker card. If you understand how good Leo Rush is, you would understand why this was an awesome moment. Uh, but, yeah, he was one of the two big highlights for me in this match. Leo Rush is great, and... <laughs> just the the retirement tour continues with like a rush and it's just like man this guy's great i don't i like you said i don't hope you hope i don't know what's happening with the kid but come on you we can't we can't just can't keep doing these retirement tour things like you're great just stick around man but yeah, I, your I talent's get, undeniable it's, it's it's just so good because it's uh, I, st- I tweeted about it last night cm punk right Nif- the, that itch never really goes away it never really goes away. It just lies dormant for seven years, apparently. I don't think it goes away for Leo Rush at all. I think his whole thing is, like, I want to hold my kid without being in pain. But, like, at the same time... That's this part of being your, a wrestler, right? This is your calling, my guy. Like, this is your calling. Just take less dates if you want. You yeah. don't have to do all these dates. Work a safer uh, style. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Uh, I, I want to bring up Yuya Uemura. Sure. Because I think a lot of people agree that if he's not the next, you know, big star of New Japan, he's the second next big star of New Japan. Like this guy, his okay, so his final send off match was against Kazuchika Okada in New Japan. Mm-hmm. That means something. Uh for those who don't know, Kazuchika Okada's send off match was against Hiroshi Tanahashi. There's kind of a sign here that, okay, they they clearly see something in Uemura, and he got the win here. That was even more shocking, I think, than anything else. They gave him the win his first night there. I know he's not a young line anymore, but, like, he is. He's still <laughs> – he, he's until he gets, like, actual 
gear and yeah. like looks more than a young lion, he's a young lion. But this guy's a star in the making. Yeah, it's interesting watching um, both Ren Narita and Yuya come over to the LA Dojo because it is like they are no longer New Japan Young Lions in the sense that they can pick up victories, but they are still Shibata LA Dojo Dojo Young Lions to the extent that they don't have the flashy gear yet. Um, and they are still, um, training. They're still learning. Uh, I mean, they would learn it anywhere else they would be, but they are, it's like, they're advanced trainers. That's what a young lion is. It's like you send them to the LA dojo to make them into like future world champions. Mm. That might, that's what excursion is. That's what the excursion is, but. The excursion to me is like a finishing school while like the LA Dojo is like getting your masters and doctorate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then well, And that could the, and that's just an opinion based on No, I agree. we have we I have no, but we have no idea because we haven't seen the outcomes of these LA Dojo guys. All we yeah. have is Carl Fredericks and you know, he's kind of there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, we'll see what happens with these guys. The new excursion style of setting these guys to the u.s but in their own promotion i think it's really interesting uh because you know you're still kind of able to protect them in a sense yeah and they're not going to get okada which is still like one of the most mind-boggling things of all time uh because like shota amino is in rev pro rev pro and, and I've heard he's someone that a lot of people say is the next star, even though he hasn't sound to be great uh, since coming back. It sounds is, it sounds rough for him. Yeah, which uh, he, he's been off for well, a year almost. Yeah. So it probably takes a while to get back. And we'll see what happens there. But I don't know. It's just really interesting to me what uh, the future holds. They clearly have, if we go off of Shoda, Yuya... Um, Ren Narita and uh, what's the other guy's name? Suji. Suji. Like those are. I love Suji. Really good. I love Suji too. I, love he, Suji. I think he can be the powerhouse guy that they uh, can, you know, really craft. So that's cool too. Um, what the hell's the next match? <laughs> oh man, do we have a next match? Boy, howdy. Do we want to talk about this? I want to talk about my cat. My cat is crazy. Bill? Uh, We're talking about Bill? No, I don't have a cat named Bill. No, we're talking about Billiam. Billiam? No, was not Billiam yet. Osprey oh, was next? was oh. that was that this match? Was that after this match? I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that. when he showed. No, that. no, it was it was the match after because TJP was just. I don't know. I don't what remember. I, I, my cat. I don't. Do you have Do you have any animals? I have a dog. If you have, uh, that's a good thing you haven't heard him barking because that's all I've been hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard. Yeah, I haven't heard. Is he right in your room or something? Nope, he's upstairs being a little jerk. Oh, you, have, you have great gain on that microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. What, what is next? What are what, what are we hiding? I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Juice Robinson Hinkaleo. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. All right, moving on. This uh, so what was the next thing? What was the next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, By the way, I'm gonna miss the Juice Robinson G1. Uh, his G1. I always, en- I always enjoy him in the G1. 
Yeah. The, yeah, it's, it's always like, what outfit? What 90s, 80s outfit? Yeah, what ridiculous back? injury is he going to have to sell because that, he actually broke his freaking hand and yeah. he's going to wrestle, you know, nine matches now and everyone's going to hit it because <laughs> they're jerks. Do you, I think uh, if maybe, maybe, maybe this would be a good point to talk about it now instead of the later match because I think it's other points to talk about the later match. What do you think? You know, obviously, there's a lot of talks last week as well with that David Finley Wrestling Observer interview where he's sort of teasing that he moving to Florida. He wants to train under Michaels, Shawn Michaels in NXT. You know, tag partner Juice Robinson, his girlfriend, is in, in WWE as well. What do you think is the likelihood of David Finley, Juice Robinson leaving New Japan and going to WWE? I think it's high for David Finley because his dad works there. Most like that. I think Finley, people need to, He still works there. He didn't get fired again. Okay. He got. <laughs> he, but he 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 brought back. He got brought back. Yeah. He, he's been brought back like seventeen times. But yes, he was brought <laughs> back this time. Uh, I think the probability of David Finley doing that maybe is like you know a seventy percent. I don't see Juice doing it. He's been there. He's seen it. Uh, but I also don't know what his ceiling is in other places because I think there was a time where Juice Robinson had the popularity that he could become one of their top, like, legitimate Gaijin wrestlers. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that has somewhat passed us by in a sense because. He was stuck in the same role for like three years of like chasing the IWGP United States Championship that no one really cared about until like this past year. Yeah. So it's it's weird to me because he could definitely go back. He could be one of those people that go back. But at the same time, I think he knows enough that like I've been there. I don't have an in like David does. And while you know his girlfriend's there in wrestling in anything going somewhere just because like unless they get married that that changes everything if they get are they engaged i don't think so no i don't think so either no if they get married that changes everything but right now they're just boyfriend and girlfriend like if you're making half your decision because of that then i'm sorry like dude you (laughs) good luck because wwe is a tough animal and Juice Robinson's a guy that would definitely get lost in the shuffle. I think David Finley is too, but I, he has his aspirations. I think they could be a good, in a weird way, not in terms of like the comedy part of it, but in a weird way, kind of that like, this is going to sound like a very weird comparison. Oh boy. I think they could be in a weird way, the sort of replacements for that Brizongo team. Less the comedy, but more so mm. that they are the quote-unquote quote, yeah there's stability they're quote-unquote veterans they might mm. they're probably not going to get a title shot maybe they will well not they will get title shots but not, might not get a title run but they'll be there to sort of help out these younger talents more so i i, I think that's probably what's going to be for them and i think that sucks if juice for me i could see david finley going i don't like that because i think you know he has a lot of st- potential still in new japan that he can be in Juice, I feel like he's, like you sort of said, reached his limit. 
Um, he needs to change something or move somewhere else to maybe re- do something else. But I think he's yeah. almost reached his limit. Um, yeah. And I feel like what sucks is that I feel like a lot of this is because of the pandemic, because they were just mm. starting their tag team uh, yeah. as the pandemic was starting. I remember they, you know, they won the titles at Wrestle Kingdom. I was there in Atlanta when they lost the titles to G.O.D. Um, and it Oof. felt like we were going into something. Um, and then the pandemic started and they just got halted mm-hmm. and now they're stuck in tag team limbo. It feels yeah. like I do. A pre- I, I do like that. They've kind of given David Finley like this little shine. Yeah. Uh, because I think he's very good. Uh, but yeah, I, it saddens me because I, I thought juice had so much potential in new Japan. Like he's a guy that the Japanese audience really liked. Um, he just, has so much charisma bouncing off of him. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what the future holds for him. Hopefully it's, it's good though, because I think he offers a lot. Tomohiro Ishii defeats Moose in what I want to say was, in my opinion, the match of the night. I love this. And I can't believe I'm saying this about a Moose match, but, Mm. uh, Tomohiro Ishii obviously is, I know he, you're not a huge fan of Ishii. I'm, I am like, yeah, no, nah, people don't like me for that, but that's fine. But I, I'm a huge fan of Ishii. I think his, he really works that big bruiser brawler kind of guy. Um, I've always really liked Ishii, and Moose watching Impact has really gotten better. I, I think when people think of Moose, they think of like when he was still, you know. Uh, f- you know, fudding about on Impact a couple years ago, f- you know, just doing these dumb little bits and stuff. But I think he's he's something in the past year or two has clicked in his head, and he is now really putting in the effort to uh put to become a better professional wrestler. And and mm. I'm really appreciative of that. Excuse me, as a fan, we love to see effort from all these wrestlers. So I think him talk for yourself, (laughs) (laughs) but him putting in the effort to try and get better. I think it shows. I think he did a really good job here Mm -hmm. against Ishii. Uh, So I really want to commend Moose on that part. Uh, Ishii, in my opinion, was going to be good no matter what. But Moose, I think, was able to step up to an Ishii Mm -hmm. type um, instead of bringing Ishii down. So I, I, I thought that was really good. I saw a lot of people call this the greatest match in Moose's career. I would agree. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> Quite I possibly. Can't remember, I can't remember many that. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, because it's it's been rare that I've liked Moose matches, let alone thought they were great. According to Cage uh, Match, it is currently his his best match ever. I think this was a good showing by both sides. And I actually liked it even though I'm not the biggest Ishii fan, because it was different. It wasn't uh, the same 50 people that this guy, I feel like, has to wrestle every single time like he has a big match. Uh, That being said, Jay White had the perfect promo talking about Ishii later in the night, so if you really want to sum up my thoughts, you can just listen to that promo about Ishii, and I think it's the perfect promo. What 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 about Ishii? I want to I want to dive into this because I feel like okay. Ishii, Ishii, you to Ishii is me to Jungle Boy. What about Ishii? I get told that Ishii's like the best wrestler 
But he does the same thing every single one of his matches. But it's always good. <laughs> but like Jay, but Jay White said, I don't care how many times you can get hit in the head, you still can't win. Yeah. And like, yes, that is exactly what Ishii is. Like, he can fight off all these things, but in the end, he's not winning titles. And I don't care if he wins titles or not. That doesn't affect me. I mean, I, is he part of the never? Yeah, he is. And I think he's actually had a good run. Um, as part of Goda, I just don't like that I have to hear that he's the most underrated wrestler in the world when everyone says it. If everyone says it, he's not underrated. I think he's perfectly rated. Like, I think he's a solid hand to the New Japan roster and nothing more. He's not a world champion. I'm sorry. He's just not. Uh, he, you know, if he won the U.S. belt or the never open weight, which is what many call his belt, that's fine. But I don't see him on the level. Uh, like, let, let me compare to Goto. Okay. I think Goto could have been world champion at one time. Now it's never going to happen. Never no. going to happen. No, but, but no like, way. Goto no is winning G1s. Goto has won. I think he won the New Japan Cup. I uh, I'm going to say yes, maybe one year, two who, years. Who, Goto? Yes, I think he did. Uh, uh, anyways, I'll, I'll but that up. like I compare those two a lot, and I think they're both very solid professional wrestlers. Uh, I prefer Goto, but you know people can prefer Ishii. That's fine, whatever. Uh, I just, I think, I don't think it's that I hate Ishii. I think I hate the fact that I have to be told he's underrated every time he has a match i think that's what i hate i think <laughs> because i really liked the moose match i thought it was really good but i was like you know why is it every time this guy enters the g1 i have to be told like oh he's so underrated he has the greatest match ever like guys like i it sounds he... like it sounds like you have a bigger gripe with the fandom surrounding Ishii than Ishii yeah, I himself. Do. I do. I absolutely do. I I mean, I'm not going to tell Ishii to his face that I don't like him. I get absolutely rocked. Because it, it, it sounds like, it, based on what you're saying, to me, uh, yeah. if I'm understanding correctly, it sounds like that you enjoy his wrestling and you can find merit in it, but it's just yeah. like hearing over and over again how great he is is it's, it's being to told that he's underrated all the time because, like, no, he's not. He's perfectly rated. He's a very good wrestler who... On cage match, he has a 9.48 out of 10. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, um, someone else probably has higher than that. Uh, a lot of people. Now, <laughs> no, I can, my, I can tell I you. I bet Hiroshi he Tanahashi does. I can tell oh, you in a second. Gotcha. Give, me, give me a moment. I can tell you in a second, honestly, because... I'm in. Yeah, you see my notebook. I have it all written out here. Let's see where Ishii is on this list. Uh, Okada is nine point six nine. Tanahashi is nine point six eight. Mayu is nine point six four. You goddamn right. <laughs> what did I say? Ishii was uh, nine point four. So nine point four eight. He oh, people above Ishii are like Suzuki. Uh, Styles, Shirai, Mika Satomura, Naito, Austin, Shibata, Guerrero, all make sense. People below, yeah. people below Ishii, Kurt Angle, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, Abushi, Punk, Edge, Takahashi. All right, looks like I'm gonna go give Ishii a zero rating after this, <laughs> just to get him underneath half of those people. You're gonna bomb him. 
Uh, wow. That's, uh, you should not be over some of those people. Some of them, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. There's some people over there, I think. I think. Kurt Angle, come on. Come on. Yeah, that's interesting. Come on. They're very similar to me, Kurt Angle. It's not, they're, it's like 0. 0.01 difference me? between Kurt Angle uh, and Ishii. They're very Kenny similar. Omega, that's, that's shocking. That is shocking. I've, I've noticed that Kenny Omega's gone down in rec- in the past year. I think. Oh uh, yeah, because the new trend is hating Kenny Omega. Well, yeah, I also right. think like he's you know he's not putting on Omega Okada classics guys, every week. So guys, Kenny Omega is still really good. Yeah. Just because he doesn't put on a seventy-five star match doesn't mean that uh, he's bad. Just saying. Uh, Just saying. Doc Gallows, Carly Anderson take on John Moxley and mystery opponent X. That mystery opponent was Yuji Nagata. But it does not matter because the Good Brothers win overall. What did you think of this? I think while I was watching it, I was writing about Will Ospreay coming back. So I barely remember a second of it. (laughs) This was your classic Good Brothers match. (laughs) Which tells you everything about that. Yep. Not great. It's not terrible. It's just there. Yeah, they're a a good, uh, someone put it, they're a McDonald's cheeseburger. I believe that's the Super J cast. Joel from Super J cast said they're, they are McDonald's yeah, like, cheese back. They they are consistent. Like what if, they're but fine. I've never I've never craved the Good Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, I skipped it because you know that was probably the point where it was. Will Ospreay. Let's talk about Will Ospreay instead. Bill. We got to talk about Billiam here. Um, Will Ospreay returns. Uh, a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. <laughs> Will Ospreay returns to New Japan. He uh, says that he is healed up. Um, He is no longer on the reserves or whatever was happening there. Um, He says that um, he is not going to be in the G1 Climax. Uh, He says that, in fact, part of that is because he's going to stay in America. uh, And he pulls out the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship and says that um, he's not giving up the title. I love that great point shout out there that, like, you know, they wanted to strip me of the, they stripped me of the title um, as the day I left, but they never stripped Moxley of his title. I thought that was good. That was a very great point. Uh, but he's still there. He still has the title. They're running that angle of champion versus you know, real real champion versus real champion. You know who who's the real champion? CM Punk versus John Cena all over again, baby. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and says he's going to be defending the title in America. So we're going to see a lot of That's Will Ospreay awesome. title defenses in America. Um, I'm not even like the biggest Will Ospreay mark or anything, but like the fact that you have the IWGP world title in the States is cool. Yes. Oh, very cool. Because we get to see cool-ass Shingo world title matches and cool-ass Osprey world title matches. And obviously, you know, eventually. It's just TJP. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you, get, you get some cool Wrestle Kingdom ideas there. But thoughts yeah. on... Not only Will Ospreay, I think I thought his promo with here was great. I got mm. I saw people, some people not being into it, but I thought I gave huge Conor McGregor vibes. And I think this mm. this version of the heel Osprey is better. You know, now that mm. we're not doing this bullshit B Priestley stuff, I think that hey. this version yeah. of <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I think this well, version I'm of Osprey. This version of Osprey is like this very cocky asshole that just yeah. talks a lot of shit. Um, mm. uh, that can then back it up. Talk I think it's very interesting to me. Well, first off, just because she was in stardom does not mean I'm going to start defending Bea Priestley. I just had to 
toss that joke in there. Of course. Second off, uh, I I thought the promo was great. I thought there was a lot to go from here. Like you could take this and run. Yeah. But a lot of things, like the Moxley thing, instantly triggered a lot of people and was like, maybe that is the all-out match. Uh, I have no idea what John Moxley's going to be doing. I have no clue. I think leaving him off the pay-per-view would be a bad move. First mm-hmm. off, I think that would just no, make zero sense. That would be like how WWE leaves Kevin Owens off. Like every other pay-per-view because i think kevin owens uh you know he's a top talent whatsoever and john moxley we know is a top talent in AEW. he was their second world champion he's about to lose that record of course but one of their biggest stars yeah uh i think he'll get on that card that they'll just have to shoehorn him in somewhere maybe they'll get someone from new japan maybe they'll get will osprey maybe that's a possibility uh, Moxley as the Moxley as the forbidden door match is very intriguing because mm-hmm. he doesn't really have yeah. anything happening. No the problem well, is then problem is then you have no Eddie Kingston. Well, no, no, well, we, we are going to have Eddie Kingston. Miro. I was about to say we are going to have yeah. Eddie Kingston. So, uh, my biggest confusion is oh, well, now I'm going on a Moxley rant. Great, uh, it's like he did go, like that go New off Japan. King. He did that. He did that new like New Japan contract thing. Like yeah. you remember that promo when Tanahashi was getting his match. And we have not seen anything come from that. So I, I wonder if that's just because the Tanahashi stuff fell through or that's my whatnot. that's my take on it. No. Back to back to back to Billiam over here. Uh Osprey being in the States, being on New Japan Strong, uh, you know, alongside the likes of a Jay White, now Minoru Suzuki, uh the New Japan Strong usual talent. First off, that makes New Japan Strong a brand worth watching for people. I think that's very important because, you know, for many, Will Ospreay is one of, if not the best in the world in terms of professional wrestling. Um, I just, you can go on Twitter and know that those takes are out there. It doesn't take much. Anytime he has a match, that's what comes from it. And... I, I like the move of having him go there now that he's cleared. Yes. Because it brings eyes to a different product for New Japan. Keeps him active. And you can build a story while doing it without him and Shingo being anywhere close to each other. And with Wrestle Kingdom being two nights, you can lead it on to be a double title match. Um, whether you have the G1 winner face Shingo on night one or night two based off of who wins the double title match. There's a lot of roads to go here for New Japan that are very intriguing, and I think that's a really good thing for them, seeing that we it was a few weeks ago that we talked about where is that intrigue in New Japan, where is that storytelling. This is something, if they have put it together, which it seems that they have, Mm -hmm. is a very good idea. Are you going to watch Strong? You, you mentioned, like, other people. Are you going to watch Strong? Because yeah, now Strong's at 10 p.m. on a Friday as well. Until- I won't watch it live, probably, but I'll just turn on, you know, I'll put whatever. It depends on the match. I will watch matches yeah. depending on what's happening. I'm not going to watch, you know, random J.R. Kratos versus Danny Limelight, but I will watch the matches that have... Jay White in them 
I will probably watch Osprey's first match on there, see how he works in the New Japan Strong world, and we'll see where that goes. But but I think that's a very interesting point, and I'm in the same boat, is that I'm more intrigued to watch Strong for these big matches, but I've not yet been converted into, this is a show that I want to make sure I'm keeping part right. of every week. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering to myself that what does New Japan have to do to get me to that point? Maybe it is doing all these matches. Make sure you have at least one of these matches on every show. So I just watch the sh- weekly show. And that's, you know, that's kind of what happened with me of Impact, which I don't know why I'm still watching Impact. But uh, <laughs> that, you know, the, compared to New Japan, uh, you know, but it maybe it's something that they need to put on these like one big match every show so that I can start trying to stick along the storylines and get into those storylines. I don't know. I gotta figure it out, but that's a very yeah. interesting point. Yeah, and I saw someone—I don't know who said it. Uh, no, sorry, I don't recognize them. I wish I could. They have enough legitimate talent in the U.S. right now with Suzuki coming over, Ishii coming over again in two months. Um, I, I know the Battle for the Valley show has put Okada and Shingo in the ad. Yep, which is in November, so that would be after the G one. So possible, possible. It, but based on my sources, it doesn't seem possible, but highly likely. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. That's see, that's exciting. Like that's that's the type of stuff. And Tanahashi, they put him on there, of course, because he's the U U.S. champion, uh, which we'll get to in a few minutes. That being said, they could do a G one block of u.s talent and they're not going to but they could do their own tournament of some sort with the heavyweights to give them a title shot if it's whether it be for the iwgp united states championship or maybe they want to do it for osprey's world title like there's a lot of ways you can go with new japan strong because you got jay white osprey um tom lawler Rosser, I think, I think you can give Leo Rush that shot. You can give Fred Rosser that shot. Finley and, and Juice, Hikaleo. Finley and Juice, uh, no, not Hikaleo. Uh, you can do Lance Archer. Lance Archer makes a lot of sense if, mm-hmm. because he's already on more shows for them, so he's not going anywhere. Uh, you can also do Moose. I think you put Moose, Moose in. There. I think you could do Moose. You could do you could do Moxley because you'll probably record all of them, so it's not even like he would be out of it. Like there are so many wrestlers they can do this with, and I think doing a tournament in some sort of way um, is, is would be a brilliant move. I think it's a brilliant move, but I think they dropped the ball on thinking about that because obviously it's it's something. If they wanted to do that, they would have had to figure that out a while ago. And decide on that yeah. a while ago, and they were obviously like, no, well, they we'll probably didn't know they were having Osprey. I yeah. think Osprey changes a lot for them, but it because they have a whole block and more. You, you almost have two blocks in the states available to you. You could do eight per block instead of ten, yeah, easily. And it's just it, it, it's one of those things that you look at that and you're like, this could easily have happened. And I get it because yeah. it's like it's a home promotion, so you want to do the G1 climax there, they can still do it, they have enough people. Um, Phantasma is coming back too. That, that's exciting. I think um, Taiji Ishimori and uh, Taguchi are coming in as well. Yeah, you could do a lot of things here, people. Like, Can we put Taguchi on AEW Dynamite? 
how much money do I have to put in to have Taguchi on it? Probably a... not that much money. Let's put Taguchi on Dynamite. Tony Khan just signed CM Punk. I don't think he's going to have a tough time getting people over to Dynamite if he wants to. Ruski Taguchi versus Chuck Taylor. What am I going to do to put that match on my fucking I've television? I've never, ever heard someone ask for a Chuck Taylor match. <laughs> okay, wow. All right. I've, I've seen people ask for Taguchi things. Like, I've seen that many a time, but... Yeah. Chuck Taylor. All right. Um, uh, yes, it, it feels like that's something that they missed the ball. And obviously, there's also like visa issues. There's time. There's there's, there's time. time. They got a month to get to that. That's the problem. They could. They could. Well, no, like I don't half think a month. Actually, to, I don't think it has to be part of the actual G1. Is my thing. You can make your own thing with it, mm. like they did with the Super J Cup. You can make something different that isn't necessarily the G1 it's like the u.s version of g1 kind of like how they've done the new japan like cup usa they've done all these usa versions of things so you could easily do that if you wanted to you don't have to run them at the same time because holy crap it's a lot of wrestling <laughs> but yeah who's complaining about a lot of wrestling yeah that's a, a certain that's a very interesting idea because it also because what if you can't get you know, like, uh, yeah, I there's some, there's a lot to that because if you just run it here and then have it happen in America, then you can have a sort of maybe let's say a Wrestle Kingdom esque, I don't know, maybe a in some sort of garden somewhere, uh, have that sort of big time matchup of Osprey versus the American G One Climax winner. Um, yeah, you know, and, so, and of course, like I said, some sort of garden. Maybe maybe that's what you do. Um, and and have two nights of the Wrestle Kingdom and then a third night uh, in America, you know that's that's an interesting idea, um, but that's all that's all conjecture. Well, they'll just name it. A, they'll just name it something else. They won't name it Wrestle Kingdom. No, I forget what they called it. Uh, Dynasty. Wrestling Di- yeah, Wrestle Dynasty. Yeah, they could do a night of Wrestle Dynasty. I think yeah, which be they never got to do. So that'd yeah, be cool. they could do it yeah. again. Um, Jay White, David Finley. Jay White defends his never openly title, 22 minutes and 59 seconds. A very interesting match. And I think part of it had to do with the David Finley mock, uh, Meltzer interview. And that is that, you know, the crowd started booing David Finley here. Uh, nope, started... I don't think it has to do with that. Really? What do you think it has to do with? Jay White is a fan favorite. Like, this is... I, I tweeted out that night. This is the closest we are going to get to babyface Jay White. The people love him. On Impact, love he's, his character. On, on Impact, he's a face, too. Exactly. Like, Jay White is a babyface when he's in the United States. Um, so I think that, more than anything, is why David Finley was getting booed out of the building. Because I didn't even know about the Meltzer interview until after the show was over. So... For me, it just made a lot of sense that he was getting cheered because he is a clear star who fits the perfect mold of what a top star in the United States would be. He's a cool heel. He is a cool heel. And I like him as a babyface because I always say this about Jay White. He is such an easy guy to cheer for because of what he stands for. And, you know, like when the Black Lives Matter stuff was really in effect, he went out of his way to make a special shirt for that. Mm -hmm. Um, That was a 
you know, bullet club styled one. Uh, he's called out Will Ospreay many times on multiple occasions. He's he's called people idiots that deserve to be called idiots. And then and then you'll watch the New Japan show and he's like insta heel. And it's always funny to me because I'm like, this guy is someone you want to cheer for if you know about him outside of just New Japan canon. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that if they wanted to, that babyface Jay White against heel Will Ospreay made a lot of sense. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. I, 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 I do think part of it is the Meltzer thing, but I think it's more so you're right that Jay White is just a cool heel. Um, I, I, it, it, and I think part, I really thought this match was good and I think it could have been better, but I think, cause I really yeah. enjoyed their new Japan cup. I, it was one of my matches of the month. Great um, match. great match. Um, but I think that sort of weirdness from the audience hurt this match a little bit to mm. me. Um, yeah, because I think David Finley having a change on the fly of not being the baby face anymore was like. That I agree. That probably did hurt it, um, but the end was cool because the crowd erupted for yeah. Mr. And then Jay. after the match, Jay White uh, cuts a promo uh, that you love so much, and then we get Jay White versus Tomohiro Ishii eventually at some point for the never open weight title. Uh, Ishii literally walked out. He's like, "No, no, we're not doing this again. I already beat you." And I was like, "This is great." <laughs> I was like, that's exactly the reaction he should have because <laughs> he already has beaten Ishii like 20 times over the past like year. <laughs> and the guy was just like, walked down to the ring and he's just like, mm. he didn't even say anything. Ishii, <laughs> White was literally like, no, Ishii got down from the apron and left. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. He just... <laughs> You never won anything. I win all the titles. You stink. Like, that was pretty much the promo. Um, But, yeah, Jay White's over, like, Rover. Um, And him in the United States is very interesting to me long term because maybe that's how and when he wins the IWGP World Championship. Maybe you do that in the States, which would be interesting Mm -hmm. because he lost his one title in the States. Um, when they went to Madison Square Garden. Oh, you're, tra- you're talking about Jay White, just for Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, for a not Ishii. For a second, I thought no. you were talking about Ishii. <laughs> I was like, Ishii's Whoa. not winning the IWGP world title ever. Just accept that, people. He doesn't need to win the world title. They have Listen, they haven't gave Sonata the world title. And Sonata is younger. Sonata is very over. The, the, Ishii's not getting the title. Just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> Main event, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Lance Archer to win the IWGP US heavyweight title. And I thought this was a very good match. It just oh, goes to show a lot how much the relationship of Lance and New Japan is, relationship between mm-hmm. AEW and New Japan is. To have Lance come in, uh, you know, put over, obviously, you know, it's Tanahashi. Tanahashi's obviously going to win this match. Um but just put over this sort of match and have this kind of style match. Cause I thought this match was really good. I thought this match I was outstanding. Too. I like the way they built this one. It was very different from a usual new Japan 
championship match because Lance Archer was just an absolute monster. I love what uh, Archer's 2019 G1 run. I thought that was like the run that made him a single star yes. you know, moving forward. Yes. Uh, because I remember that first night when he beat Osprey, and mm-hmm. that was awesome. Uh, and he had countless matches since then. I think he said his match with Tanahashi in that tournament is his favorite ever. Um, if it, was it that tournament or was it before? I believe it was the tournament, but he okay. did also in that same year have a great outstanding yeah. run in the New Japan Cup. Yeah. So, like, I think. The way they built this of Archer just dominating uh, Tanahashi, Tanahashi showing some fight, he him shutting it off, and then kind of out of nowhere, Tanahashi getting him go down, hitting the aces high, then hitting the high fly flow, winning the match in the United States, winning the title for the first time ever, and becoming the only man in New Japan history to hold every single championship they've ever had is pretty awesome. Uh, Tanahashi's just world-class. He's my favorite uh, New Japan wrestler of all time, so it was really cool to see him pick take that title, a title that I think is now their version of the Intercontinental Championship, and now he's going to go to wrestle Grand Slam mm-hmm. in the main event of Night One and defend it against Kota Ibushi. Like, that that was an insta-fix for that title. Yeah. it it's The title has been elevated. I think that mm-hmm. goes without a doubt. Is that... And that's not a shot at Moxley. Like, no. Moxley just couldn't use it. Yeah, I mean, and that, that, that comes with the territory. But I think the, the title's just been elevated uh, mm-hmm. for Tanahashi, and I think it's just a great move. Um, I thought this match was very good. I, it was, you're right. It was a very much, very much a classic Hiroshi Tanahashi match in the sense that you have the big monster just beating down Tanahashi. He gets those hope spots in, and then he eventually gets the win over the big monster. A very much a classic, easy, simple match for Tanahashi. But he's just he's Tanahashi, so he does so great. It it's also that Tanahashi is somebody that has felt like he's you know sort of winding down. In he's his having career. a year though. He is. I, I, and I think that also goes to show how not only loyal, but how great Tanahashi is, is that mm-hmm. he can be sort of on the down cycle. But mm-hmm. when they're like, Tanahashi, we need you, he's like, okay, got it, and then goes on to put on a great match. Um, he is the kind of guy that's just like, even at this age, he can still go out there and have a great match. You know, they're already like, oh, you know, he's not going to... Tanahashi's, in my opinion, not going to win another world title, um, but he can go on, put on great matches in the States against Lance, uh, win that U.S. title, go over back to Japan, and now defend against Ibushi. Very intriguing about how that match turns out. Um, but I, guess I think we'll he could get later. one more world title. I, de- I definitely think he could get one more world title. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, well because he's you- never held that belt. That's fair. That's, a, that's an easy story right there. Yep. Which, I mean, it doesn't have to happen because, like we have been saying, they have countless options. You know Okada's going to get it again because, come on, the guy's only like 33. He, has, he's, he still has a decade until he's where Tanahashi is right now, which is absurd to think because I feel like Okada's been on top of the world forever now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, the only reason I think Tanahashi gets another title run is because maybe they play into that story of like, oh, he's never had the world 
heavyweight championship, even though I don't think he necessarily needs it. And he's just the perfect guy to put into spots when you need him most, like they did at uh, Wrestle Grand Slam, which I thought was ended up being my favorite New Japan match this year. Um, and that half has to do with me loving Tanahashi, but I thought him and Shingo just were awesome. Shingo's, let me just say, Shingo does not need to be losing that title anytime soon either because he has had the year worthy of being world champion. I only feel like Tanahashi won't ever get that title because I also like the story of him not getting that. To me, the IWGP World Heavyweight title is like the embodiment of the future of New Japan. Mm. And I can see them going back to Okada and Naito, but I think yeah. going back two generations to Tanahashi to put the title mm-hmm. on, I think that is almost too old to have, have that title I I, well i mean have you seen tanahashi that man's never gonna age i know the man the man just keeps he's like he's just stupid sexy tanahashi um wow he's just he's just but i i, I don't think in my opinion i don't see them putting I, I, I know i know where you're coming from yeah. i definitely uh it's funny because like someone like ibushi is only like a couple years younger than Tanahashi. I think Shingo but, is also a couple years younger. Yeah, but like at the same time, we see them in the newer light because Tanahashi's just been in New Japan forever. Uh, it's really up. interesting. I'm 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 just Hiroshi Tanahashi is 44. Shingo is 38. Oh wow. Okay. Ibushi being older than Shingo is just the wildest thing to think about. Ibushi is 39. <laughs> 39. Yeah, like Ibushi doesn't look 39. The man looks tw- he's he's chiseled like yeah, never mind. <laughs> you're right though. Uh, I mean, you're right uh, though. Uh but it, they have so many options long term. Yeah. Uh and we we were just talking about the young lions earlier like I think Tanahashi still has a window, but it's very small to win that title again. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think yeah. he need. He doesn't need to. I just think maybe in their mind they need to give him that belt as well. Um, even though I don't think he does because he's. You put him versus Okada in the conversation of who's the greatest IWGP heavyweight champion of all time. I don't think anyone fights either option. Uh, and Tanahashi can keep working with these young guys and you know making them look great, which is also cool with me. I uh, Tanahashi loss doesn't matter. No. Like, in a sense that, like, he'll never lose his, as you've been saying all show, aura. Thank you. He'll Thank you for the callback. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's talk about the G1 Climax moving forward. Oh, yeah. Obviously, with Osprey and White and Finley and all these guys, it's there's a lot of people in New Japan that are not going to be not going to be in the G1 Climax. I've outright said it. Um, are you are you at all concerned about this year's G1 Climax happening? Literally, I think the first night is the 14th, the 19th of September. Like, literally yeah, half a month from now. Yeah, a couple weeks. It's, it's literally like a week. Which, and also, yeah. one, I want to just... What's your gauge, I guess, really right now about the upcoming G1 Climax? Because I am light on it, and I think most people are very, very light, very cold on it. I think they need to embrace and welcome the new talent into it. Because you can't 
do this G1 without embracing the old and the juniors. Like, Hiromu Takahashi, I think, by all accounts, should be in this G1 this year. Because, one, he's deserving of it. He's one of the best wrestlers in all of New Japan. But also, you don't have, you know, this multitude of options where you can toss in the Ospreys and the Whites and, hell, even the Tamatongas and the Tangaloas. You don't have that. And to me... To me, that's that's a big deal. Um, you don't have Jay White. You don't have Will Ospreay. You don't have the Tamatongans of the world. You don't have the Tangaloas of the world. Like I know like no one needs to see them in the G1, but at the same time, they're still names that you could put in there, and they would work. Uh, so this is where you need to use junior. You need to use your juniors to your advantage. You need to put Hiromu Takahashi in the G1 to make it as good as it should be. Because the fact that we're probably going to get Chase Owens in the G1 is, one, awful, (laughs) two, brutal, and three, disgusting. Like, uh, it's just terrible. Because you have your top stars. You have a lot of top stars still, like, Mm -hmm. even without the gauges. You have Okada, Naito, Tanahashi, Koda. I actually I actually have a list of people right here if you want to if I want to give oh, it to you. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Yeah, you want to give it? Yes. Yeah, so uh so obviously the G1 climax typically two blocks of 10 uh in terms of modern time. So we'll see yeah. how many people we got. Uh people that covid willing <laughs> fair enough. Mm. Uh that are available uh in Japan seem to be Shingo, yep. uh Tanahashi, Abushi, Saber, which also Tanahashi Ibushi, you know, there's a asterisk mm-hmm. on the, both of these guys because of the U.S. title and whatnot. But I think the the U.S. title holder will probably be in the G1. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Saber, Taichi, Yoshihashi, Ishii. I think Ishii might be. Is Ishii going to be back? I think he's yeah, back. He, he's going to be back. They that, made sure of that. Goto, Goto, Chase Owens, Yoshi. like you said, Evil, Yoshihashi, uh, Evil, Great Okan, Tenzan, um, probably Tenzan, maybe in a maybe pile. Uh, Cobb, Okada, Sonata, Naito, and Yano. That's 17 people, and I have a bunch of maybes mm-hmm. here, too. Uh, maybes being um, Kenta. I don't know where Kenta is at any point in no, time. No, Kenta's in it. I know. I um, He's he's going to be in the in Japan for that. So okay. That's, that's definite. Uh, I think Tenzan's probably the guy you take out for Kenta. Possibly. Like, well, in, in my head. Well, right now, it, with with even Tenzan in there, that was 17 people. Kenta makes it Dude, I want, I want Kojima in it. Kojima Big was time. a maybe. I think he could be in there. I think Makabe is also a maybe. Same thing of Hanma and Nagata. Mm-hmm. Nagata, I believe, had his last G1 climax. Yeah. I think you put him back in here, maybe. I was, I was yelled at on Twitter for suggesting he should just be in it because and i was like dude like we're gonna get chase owens in it who cares if he breaks his 2017 like oh this is my last g1 who who cares just put him in another maybes i had were just uh bad luck folly and uh aaron hanari just mostly because of uh hanari Hanari would be good Folly is just injury-wise, who the hell knows where he is. Hanari, it's more so uh, with uh, New Zealand's restrictions happening right now. Uh, he yeah. might not be able to leave the country at all. So, Right. 
Uh, but that's uh, but right yeah. now that's that I have 18 people on that or 19 people on the list. We can just put in one more person. Let's just say for you need to put Hiromu in it. Do we want to make that I, 20th guy Hiromu? I can't tell you enough like how much he needs to be in this. You need him. You need him in this tournament. I know he's coming back from injury. Whatever. Who cares? Is he, he cleared? Is he close to cleared? Yeah. Does anyone know? Yeah, he has his match, so he's cleared. He's all he's all set. Okay. Uh, he's announced he's cleared. He just isn't wrestling until the championship match. Oh yes. So yes. Yeah. So to me, you put him in there. He doesn't have to win a lot. It's kind of like when uh, they put Osprey in there as junior heavyweight champion. It works. It mm-hmm. just works. Uh, Jushin Finder Liger has been in there. There's been countless juniors right. who have been in the G1 class. Liger should have been in all of them, to be fair. <laughs> like, <laughs> Liger's the man. But, uh, yeah. It, it's a it's still a good lineup. Like, I feel like people, while understandably cold because you don't have the, you know, usual 20 stacked G1, you still have, to me, 15 wrestlers that are, like, must-see. And then you have Chase Owens. So, you and know. I would put evil in that category. Chase Owens, evil. Yeah, Bill Club evil is pretty painful. Um, I like evil, like, if you think back to his old days as, you know, a actual wrestler and not the heat magnet. Yeah, I still, I, I agree. I still think these are blocks that are very good. I, you know, it's not like they, yes, do we all want to see Brian Danielson, John Moxley? <laughs> Moose in the G1 Climax, sure. But, you know, being having everything in Japan, uh, I think still works for them here. Yes, we're missing White. We're missing Osprey. And all those people would essentially, you know, kick out Kojima, Tenzan, Hiromu, obviously. Um, but that's only three slots. These, these are basically, by the way, like the same amount of people from last year. The same people right. last year. And that G1 Climax was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too worried. It's the G1 Climax. I, I, Yes, I want to see all these other people. But honestly, looking at it, it's like, pff, I mean, we're we, doing pretty good here for ourselves. Yeah, we should be able to preview it. Uh, I'm guessing they announced it at Wrestle Grand Slam. So we should be able to preview that when the time comes. And I that think- should be uh, that should be fun. I think they already I'm announced get... dates for it. Let me let me look it up. No, but I think they announced the blocks. Oh yes, yes, which yes. Is what, which is of course the main objective here because that's really what matters. Trying to figure out uh, the finals, and of course, Kota Ibushi going for number three in a row, which will not be happening. No, <laughs> I, I, I think close. I think he could be in the finals, of course. Um, yeah, which fine. If you're New Japan. And I'm just gonna put this out here. If you're New Japan, can, can confirm I am not. <laughs> I'm not at the booking table of Gato and Jado and Togo. Um, do you? What do you do about with all the COVID stuff? What do you do with the G1 climax and all these COVID restrictions? You have currently uh, Shingo and Bushi out. Obviously, Bushi's not gonna be the G1 climax, but Shingo out. What do you do if you there is another outbreak in the during the G1 climax? Do you have people in reserves to be replacements? Like do you have Nagata go up there for a match representing I don't know Kojima or something? Do you have like these other guys up there? Like what do you do you just do you like like stardom? Do you just push everything off? 
for a super long this. time. First of all, I think you should have. I know they want to get it done uh, because that's how the G1 works. Like that's the that's the beauty of the G1 is that it's so it all happens in like a month. There's barely any time off. Every show matters. Yada yada yada. But I think that's where they could actually take from stardom in the sense that stardom expanded their five-star grand prix and just made it this really long event and people were asking and wondering why is it so long because it started uh what is it august it started on july 31st Mm -hmm. and doesn't end till the end of september and uh the reason for that is from what we've seen recently is that they've had to cancel shows but they've been able to reschedule and you know add a show which i think is really smart it's more fluid so it's more yeah fluid of the yeah schedule. It, it gives you time and i i new japan doesn't have that with the g1 schedule they don't have they time have, to add a date they gave themselves a month to do all of the g1 climax yeah and i know like that's the usual schedule but we're we're living in difficult times especially japan is like they the COVID outbreak there is worse than Mostly, I feel like everyone there has to cancel show here or there. So I would have copied them. What do they do? It's it's tough because you're going to have your scheduled winners and how every match has to go. So like, and who knows if who knows that the winner gets right. So so say uh, Okada is going to the finals, and he, God forbid. I don't think he will, but you know, God forbid he get he's a close contact per se. We'll say he's a close contact. We're not going to wish, you know, sickness on anyone. Sure. Uh, say he's a close contact. He needs to miss the show. What are you going to put Yuji Nagata in there to fill in for him against, um, you know, Naito, who he has to beat? Yeah. Like how how do you how do you book that? Because you're, you're, you're not going to have the you're not going to have Nagata beat Naito. You're running trim on people. You need to put uh, the Tokyo Pimp himself in that match. There we I go. Pimp actually will end up in it. But... Tokyo Pimp over Naito. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I actually think Naito probably wins the G one, but that's my point. My main point is here: you have reasons to book things, and how do you keep that fluidity when? there's a chance that someone has to drop out for a day or two or three or four or five. Like, what, are you going to have Nagata fill in for five matches? Then you're going to give it back to whoever it is, and they're going to win the G1 because Nagata won them half more than half their matches? Yeah, like, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. So it's a, it's a really tough situation, and I think they – I'm hoping that, you know, Gato and company are prepared for the worst because in the history of g1 i believe there was a g1 climax where tenzan got injured injured in like match two or three and he had to be out the rest of the tournament but we've never like you said we've never been in a situation where potentially multiple guys could be out during the tournament multiple guys can just (laughs) drop out like that and And they'd be gone and they're gone for two weeks at least which is half the tournament yeah yeah it's it's tough it's tough i all the more reason. That, all the more reason a G one block in the states makes sense. Should have been two months. Mm-hmm. Should have just made the event two months. Give yourself time because Cork and Hall is always available. Um, there's always a time that you can just hey, we need a mat. We need a day to 
make up five matches, bam. That's literally what Stardom did last week. Like, they set it up, bam, right in Corkin. Weird time, but who cares? Like, people are going to go watch. The, it's wrestling. It doesn't matter. Like, it's going to be tough for them. And uh, I'm hope I'm hopeful that all of this that we're talking about doesn't matter. They are just able to go swimmingly through it without any problems. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat as, you know, I'm, I I think maybe that's where the cold energy comes from is this. I'm just nervous about how much we're actually going to get. And I guess that remains to be seen. Blocks will obviously be announced sometime soon. So another big thing is with, you know, those schedules, they, we announce every individual match for every single night. Is that going to be happening? Who, you know, we're seeing it all now with stardom and it's all very worrisome. It's all very, very worrisome. Um, but that will do it for us here at Ring Post Radio. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in to this show. Again, uh, I'm going to get this out as soon as possible on Saturday. So next week we'll probably be discussing takeover. Well, no, next week we'll have off. Uh, so Yeah, my fault. Yeah, what, yeah, what, where are you, are you, are you, was it vacation or something? What's happened for you? Yeah, going on vacation Ooh. for the first time in <laughs> since 2019. Where are you going? Uh, we're going to Disney. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, my girlfriend and I did that uh, for my birthday, actually, uh, in June. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I hear the uh, lines. The <laughs> line. I, I just hear it's, like, clearly there's still COVID. But, yeah. like, it, Disney is, like, removed from Florida in a sense of, like, it's a whole different world once you enter the premises. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm, like, really excited for it. And I hear it's not as busy as, you know, it usually is. So that should be fun as well. When we were there, there was definitely less people. Uh, they, yeah. were, they weren't doing any fast passes. Uh, yeah, so, which, yeah, which made the lines which made the lines longer. But I think the longest a line ever was was maybe like two hours, which sounds insane. But like for Disney, that's like well, well that's not what too was bad. it? Uh, we went to was it the Avatar one. No, we went to oh, um, uh, uh, Hollywood Studios. Um, the new Star Wars one. Yeah, well, the start. Well, the line that was super long was the Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway. Oh yeah, the, that's also brand new. Um, but the uh, big the, Disney mark here. Yeah, pro wrestling and Disney big mark. Oh, I'm very excited about know, knowing this about you now. Um, we the Star Wars line. Uh, what they were doing with the uh, what was it called? Rise Against the Resistance. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Or Rise of the Resistance. Um, they were doing. Like they have like the Disney app that you have to like have all your tickets and right. hotel information. Is. Basically, there are two chances to get on the ride: one at seven in the morning and one at eight one p.m. Seven in the morning, you basically everyone goes up on the app. It's like a queue. It's like buying tickets for like a hot wrestling. Really, show. this is how it is. Yeah, you, you. It's not a line. That's no. At seven a.m., you click on it. If you can get the tickets, then cool. If not, you gotta wait till one p.m. Then you do it again at one. For us, we were at one. We got off a line, got it, got or got off a ride, got into the railway, Mickey Mini ride, and we're like, okay, we timed this out perfectly. Jesse has this is a great way of telling a story, but we're all sitting there like, one o'clock is around the corner. More and more people are looking at their phones. Then like, less and less people are talking. More people are getting focused, and then at one o'clock. It's just so silent. I've never been in Disney where it's just silent, huh. but so it's what? it's so, so silent that the, uh... you can hear a pin drop for okay. everyone trying to get these tickets. 
So it wasn't the Millennium Falcon ride. It was like their no. new, uh, like, uh, is it is it like a show? A Rise of the Resistance? Yeah, like what is it? I, it you have to be on it to, I, 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 I can't describe it. It is probably the best ride I've ever been on at Disney. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not joking. I I, it, I, I I don't know. I if believe you. Seen, you. I, I know you, you know people on you know you can watch these rides on YouTube and whatnot. No, I don't do that. I have I have to experience them. Yeah, this is a ride you have to experience because we went on it and we could not stop talking about it for the rest of the day. It wow. it it's so it's so good. It's such a great ride. The Smuggler's Run, the Millennium Falcon one, is cool, um, yeah. but. I think the line, like the ride, is too short for it to be like, oh yeah, that was fun. It's a ride meant to you be on a lot, um, so it's gonna be better when it's less new and there's a shorter line for it. Yeah, because right, because right now it's like a ninety minute line or whatever, and it's like, oh, that's not really worth it for like a five minute ride. Um, uh, but yeah, that was great. But yeah, we went to MGM or Hollywood Studios and that Rise of Resistance. Mm-hmm. Please, for love. where are you going? Where, where's your place of stoppage? Are you going to a bunch of Disney parks? Uh, we are going to all of them. Ooh, we were going to do that. <laughs> we were going there. to do that. Scotty, we were going to do that in February. Then we pushed it back to beginning of March, and then I got a job on a TV show. And so we're like, oh, we'll just do it after my job, after two weeks. Uh, and then the pandemic started, and we're like, welp, <laughs> not doing that anymore. That'll get you. That'll get you. That'll get you. But yeah, Hollywood Studios. Uh, definitely try to get Rise of the Resistance. It's basically like they're not doing fast passes. That's like the only ride that's like kind of Q. a fast pass queue thing. Mm. So please, for the love of God, maybe next episode that's our that's our intro. We're gonna kick it off with you talking yeah. about Rise of the Resistance. All right. Well, uh, good thing you told me about that because I would not have known about the queue, and I would have never even been close to trying to get on. So I will. That'll be my number one goal every morning. Yes. What? 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 Uh, when are you going there? Are you going there all day, or are you guys skipping around? So parks? we have we have uh, the park hoppers or something. Yep. So like yeah. we can go there technically like anytime. So like that's why I'm just gonna check every day and be like. Je- uh, hey Jesse, real quickly, I'm gonna have a run in real quick. Hey Jesse, are we still recording? Yeah, we're still recording. Uh, oh, okay. Jesse, hey Jesse, this is my girlfriend Jesse. Jesse, Hi. Scotty, Scotty, Jesse. Hello Jesse. Hi, how are you? Um, he and his, he's a big Disney fan. Him and his family are going to Disney next weekend for all week to go to all the parks. Okay. Without spoiling it, can you just can you uh, talk about Rise of the Resistance and how great it was? Without spoiling okay. it, okay. I know that's um, very difficult. I guess, like, I don't know. The only way I can describe it is holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. you know, like, it's it's one of those things where, like, you know you're being faked out, but not in the way that you think. And then Ooh, you're like, that's a little well, bit holy of a spoiler, shit. yeah. Okay. It's okay. It, it, and then you're just, like, on for the ride, and it's it's just, like, a whirlwind of an experience. Um, can I can I describe it real quick? I thought I was describing it. You are, but you're doing, you're doing a great job. But I just want to real, put it around to Scotty. It is, I told this to Jesse after we got off the ride. It is pro wrestling. <gasps> that's that's the way I described it. 
to, to do it this feels thing. real it feels real sorry he's doing okay oh yeah i believe you. um it 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 feels like pro wrestling and like, you'll uh, you'll know what i'm talking about when you get yeah, off the ride yeah you go okay, into it going like this is a ride this is like they're gonna try and scare me or fake me or whatever yeah but then it's like it is just an experience yeah. Oh man. Okay. So, so seven o'clock and one o'clock. Yes, seven o'clock, All one right. o'clock to get the uh, queue past things. I will. I will be ready to go yeah, every baby. single day I get there. All right. Awesome. Good luck. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you for yeah. the hype. I needed the hype. Uh, I am hyped. Yeah. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know about it, so I would have never even came close. You're. You're. It's gonna be great. And make sure when you do like the Disney Pass thing on your phone, make sure your family's all hooked up, in, yeah. like as a group, because that way yeah. whoever gets the tickets can just like. Everyone gets it. Uh, oh, perfect. Your group gets it. This is going to be intense. 7 o'clock and 1 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Come on. Yeah, no, that sucks. 7 a.m. is practice, as Jesse's just said. Uh, uh, hmm. <laughs> hitting all the buttons and make sure you get it. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for Ring Post Radio. We're taking a week off because uh, uh, Sky's on vacation. So I'm excited. Good. good. Have fun. Have fun. Enjoy I will your do time. my best. Um, then, then the next week... Is all out, baby. Yeah. Is that will we be reviewing all out next week? Is that when that is? Let me look well, at my probably. We can probably just wait to review it, honestly. Oh. Like I think I think that would be better than previewing it than having ice cold takes. Yeah. What it is it's all out Saturday or Sunday. I never know anymore. Sunday night. Sunday night live from Chicago, Illinois at the Now Arena, where CM Punk <laughs> makes his in ring return against Darby Allen. And then other stuff is also happening. Um actually yeah, so we you will be back on the fourth and all out will be happening happening that Sunday. Um on the fifth. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Because we don't want ice cold takes for what could be one of the biggest, what is one of the bigger wrestling events of the year. Okay, um, so we should probably end this because we have now. Yeah, we've gone over. We multitude have, of time. Disney's worth it. Disney's worth it, in my opinion. Uh, oh, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Ring Post Radio. Uh, you can follow the network at Cannot Pod. Uh, you can follow me at Ryan Icy on Twitter. You can figure out how to spell that yourself. Uh, I'll never, <laughs> I'll never tell. I guess you don't want followers. So. Uh, yeah, awesome. I guess so. Uh, you can follow Scotty at Scott E Wrestling on Twitter. Scotty, anything else to plug? We just want to get out of here. You know, just go on the Twitter. You'll find everything. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's good. Google, <laughs> Google. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll find it. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah, me too. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks. I don't know exactly what we'll talk about, but we'll be back talking about wrestling that we know for certain. See everybody next time. Mm. Bye. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Hi, guys. This is Lauren. This is Michael. And this is your Dose of Death podcast. If you're genuinely curious about the world of deathmatch wrestling, look no further as me and Mike have you covered on all things in the world of deathmatch wrestling, whether it's interviews, show reviews, or everything in between. We have you covered on all things deathmatch wrestling, whether it's past, present, or future. And you're probably wondering where you can go support us. You can find Your Dose of Death podcast on all major podcast platforms, especially along with the Countout Network of Podcasts. 
And also, you can support us on the Count Out Patreon as we have exclusive content only on the Patreon for all of our listeners. We hope that you go listen to Your Dose of Death podcast very soon. And see you at the shows. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.